destination. Hopefully my son can throw better than a uh, backup wide receiver like Lamar Jackson. But apparently Dak can float your boat. I don't know. I just think that's funny. He's tall, he's handsome, and he's good at football. I'm talking about Josh Allen. Minus two for saying that you were a... Titans uh, fan there for a second. Uh, I'm not a fan. Two on that. Mine's two. You need to buy him a Whopper and watch him eat it on the podcast. <laughs> welcome, America. Okay. Welcome back to Destination Football. First and foremost, for all of our dedicated listeners, much apologies that the week three review show did not come out. Uh, it, it did come out. We recorded it. I edited it. I published it. And it just did not want to work on Spotify. And I tried as many things as I could think of. Not that technologically sound. And I don't feel like dealing with Spotify's customer service. So unfortunately, that episode will not hit the airwaves. Fortunately for you guys, though, we do have the week four preview show. I am the Stone Cold Padre. Jake is here. Bob is back. What's going on, gentlemen? What's going on, fellas? What's going on to the folks listening? In the wise words of CM Punk, I'm old and I'm tired, but I don't work with children. You guys are adults. (laughs) We're all good. Right on. Wise words. Wise words. I was thinking about this today, and I'm wondering, because Bob wasn't here for the week three uh, review show, Maybe it just didn't work because we didn't have our wild card. That could be wild it. Card. We just weren't a complete unit. I think that, that was could the be issue. They it. It detected it. Spotify detected. And they had All their right. wishes granted. Today on the show, we have Would You Rather, also a Would You Rather Teammate Edition, Start and Sit of the Week, Streamers of the Week, and Bold Predictions, Week 4 Preview. Let's get after it. We're going to start out with a would you rather. I'm going to name a player. You're going to tell me if you would rather have him or the next player that I name. We're going to start with Najee Harris. Would you rather have rest of season Najee Harris or Miles Sanders? I would go with, yeah, I'd go with Najee. Najee Harris or Javante Williams? Najee. Najee. Najee Harris or Austin Eckler? Najee. And that hurts. Najee. Najee Harris or Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon. Yeah, Mixon. All right, that's probably how I thought that was going to go. Second player is Cordero Patterson. Would you rather have Cordero Patterson or Antonio Gibson? Patterson. Uh, I think Gibson. Cordero Patterson or Clyde Edwards-Elaire? Patterson. Go against you again. CEH. Cordero Patterson or Kareem Hunt? I'd still go Patterson right now, this year. I'd probably go with Kareem Hunt. Cordero Patterson or Aaron Jones? Now I'll go Aaron. Yeah, Aaron Jones. I'm with uh, Bob's a negativity over Cordero Patterson. I was looking for the line for Jake. I think I'd rather have Patterson over Gibson and Clyde Edwards-Elair, but the other two I'd probably still rather have over Patterson. 
Quick question Next. though. Quick question. Go ahead. Before we run through, but wouldn't you rather have the lead back in an offense? Like, you know what I mean? My scare is that Kareem Hunt's not going to get enough touches. Well, there's no one cha- uh, challenging Patterson right now. Nobody. That yeah, Allegier but guy I still is, don't man. buy. I still don't buy that Falcons offense. I don't buy the longevity of, yeah. of Cordell Patterson. That's I, and we that's talked the same about this with, last um, week on the unpublished episode that I just I'm very worried about a 31 year old running back taking carries he's not used to taking later in the season. Well, to explain myself, I think um, Antonio Gibson. I think he will be the lead back the whole season. I think we're going to see um, who's the guy. Um, Robinson. Robinson. We will see Robinson eventually. I don't. I would be hard pressed that eventually he'll be the lead back. I think Ceh has got a lot of opportunities to catch touchdown passes, which is why I would keep him. And I don't buy the Falcons' offense. Um, Ceh, yeah, I think I said that. Kareem Hunt. Um, I I just think there's a lot of opportunities there. Even though uh, Chubb has proved himself as a lead back cream hunt still gets a lot of opportunities and aaron jones is kind of in the same boat where i know dylan gets a lot of opportunities but i'm still more a fan of uh jones i think right now kareem hunt's getting about as many opportunities as aaron jones yeah is getting and honestly i think he he's getting you know 15 18 touches that's what cordell patterson's getting too i know it's hard to say we're gonna see the browns continue to give their running backs 40 touches a game but the way their team is at right now, it's also kind of hard not to see it. Well, and you also have to take in consideration the the offense is better. It's better offense in the uh, better right. offense in Cleveland than it is in uh, Atlanta. I don't know if I agree with that. I think they're about the same. Uh, I think Cleveland's offense will be better, but currently this is the same good. guy that wrote off. This is the same guy that wrote off. Marcus Mariota. Well, Marcus Mariota, listen, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and I said Marcus Mariota is not the 65th best, but he's somewhere in the mid-50s, okay? So is Jacoby Brissett. He's like 49, 50, you know, he's not He's not that much better. Marcus Mariota is way more athletic. Uh, I, I think the, the comparing the two offenses is about a push right now. I do believe that the uh... – the uh, Cleveland offense is going to start playing from behind a lot more. That's why I was thinking like, also like you got to think once they do throw, um, they're not like you were just, I was just going to piggyback on what you said. They're not going to do 40 touches a game, 45 touches a game, keeping like the run game consistently. It's, it's a hard thing to do. That's why Derrick Henry had so many yards. Like Tennessee always did play close in those games, but if Cleveland can't play close and they face an actual like high powered offense and it starts getting like some scoring going, I think that, you know, hunts opportunities, May go down, but I'm questioning myself all in one because his opportunities might go up considering he's the receiving back. It's a tough call. I just, like I said, I'm, I'm having a lot of faith in Patterson. It's just really well, Hey, that's fair, Jake. Listen, I've been wrong before. I don't have a problem being wrong, and maybe I'm wrong about this. Okay. Next player is Cortland Sutton. Would you rather have Cortland Sutton or Devontae Smith? Cortland Sutton. Yeah, Sutton. Cortland Sutton or CeeDee Lamb? CeeDee Lamb. Interesting. Cortland Sutton or Drake London? Cortland Sutton. I take Sutton. 
Cortland Sutton or Michael Pittman? Michael Pittman. Sutton. I'm high on Pittman. So, Bob, of those receivers, C.D. Lamb is, is the one you're highest on. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the situation is going to change with C.D. Lamb. I'm not high on him in general. I think if you listen to the podcast, you understand that. And my concerns came to fruition on Monday night when you saw the big drop he had that could have led to easy seven points. Um, I'm still not sold he's the number one, but I think his situation is a little bit better. Um, I'm starting to get into your camp when it comes to Russell Wilson. I just don't think Russell Wilson is the guy anymore. Uh, and I think CeeDee Lamb has done a pretty good job keeping his stats up with Cooper Rush. I think it's only going to get better with, uh, with Dak, especially considering, you know, Jason Peters is going to get more time. Eventually you'll get Tyron Smith. You'll get Michael Gallup. I think the Cowboys – I, I hate to say it because I hate to be optimistic about these guys, but I think that there's room to grow in Dallas, and I think it's just going to help everyone out. I think Lamb and uh, like Pittman are going to be better than Sutton in the sense that I trust that they're like the clear number ones. I don't know how long. I still have somewhat faith in Jerry Judy. So well, I don't why? Know how much like he's going to eventually take away from Portland? I I. I I feel you. It's just for some reason, I, this whole summer I was watching a couple of shows like the I Am Athletes and the, it was like a pivot podcast. And they had like Judy was one of their like aforementioned players. Like they wanted to talk to him and it just feels like there's a lot of faith in him in the league. Um, so I'm just kind of riding that wave. But from like, yeah, from the fans point of view, just right now, like seeing how everything as a just a spectator to me, it's like, yeah, like he's just not fitting in with that offense and he's having a really bad NFL like career at this point why don't people think more of Cortland Sutton like out of SMU this guy was a Des Bryant I mean like that was the person yet and the guy has not done much with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater yet he has become the number one in Denver with Russell Wilson I'm kind of confused why he doesn't get more credit uh, I uh, of these receivers we just mentioned I'm highest on Cortland Sutton I traded Devontae Adams to get Cortland Sutton I'm very high on Corlin Sutton. And if he's going to continue getting double-digit targets, I think he's clearly the best of this group. Agreed. I think I was kind of questioning Jake, but <laughs> I agree with you, Ram. Um, but I guess to Jake, when you were saying Jerry Judy, I mean, Jerry Judy's proved nothing, and he still gets kind of the benefit of the doubt that he's better than Corlin Sutton, and I don't understand it. I mean, I think Cortland's Jerry like, Judy's proven that he stinks. I don't – yeah, I don't think Jerry Judy's better than Cortland Sutton. Can you boys hear me? Yep. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he – But you. you did say that Jerry Judy was probably going to be the number one. No, I did not say he's going to be the number one. I said that players were very high on him and that he was going to take away from Cortland Sutton. I don't believe he's going to be the number one just based off – I mean, you're right. Like, Cortland Sutton doesn't get a lot of credit because of the injuries that he's had and because the Denver hasn't been very successful. So I think that he's just kind of flown under the radar. Um, he had, like, two big fantasy years. Um, if that too, I think he had like the one really nice one. Um, but realistically speaking, I just was like thinking that Judy's there while Michael Pittman has no one to challenge him besides tight ends. And then you're looking at CD lamb who again, doesn't really have much of a challenge besides Michael Gallup. And I just, I, and I've said this on previous podcasts, I'm high on CD lamb. Um, I think he's the best receiver of the group. We just said, All, but, but Cortland Sutton is a very good receiver. Like I wouldn't take him over Drake London. And I wouldn't take him over the first mention, but like Devontae Smith, which is a big, 
that's a big person, Devontae Smith, after what he's done the past two weeks. So, um, yeah, it's just I am – you should be happy about this. I'm just very high on C.D. Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb I, has the most talent. I, of the think, group. I think my concern with C.D. Lamb, if I was a C.D. Lamb owner, is the fact that the Dallas Cowboys love to run the football. And when they're not running the football, they love to get the football in the running back's hands. Denver loves to run the football. So, Den- so Denver loves to run too, though. I agree with your statement that he doesn't have competition in the wide receiver, but I think he has competition in the running back room. I because would, Tony Pollard, I would, I would not personally compare the two. I think that Tony Pollard, probably is a lot more of a higher on the high higher on the hierarchy passing option than Javante Williams. I'm talking about Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Both of those guys get if you look, they get probably the same amount of carries, same amount of touches as well, Bollard and Zeke. Carries, I'm not talking about carries. I'm talking about passing. When they're passing, I think Tony Pollard is higher on the hierarchy than Sure, but that's, that's I don't dependent think so. on the quarterback. I don't think so either. That's dependent on the so. quarterback. Javante Williams is a second target. Javante Williams is think. a second target in Denver. Russell Wilson throws it to the – like just like any veteran legend – like legend, I'll say that. Like he is getting to that point. He's a little, you know, different than I like him to be. Like I like a legend to be a little cockier, you know. But anywho, uh, he's just – I don't know. Something about Russell Wilson just doesn't – I don't like him very much. But he throws to the running backs a lot. And like that's oh, – I agree that's what's going to also tempt – like, he's not going to just go downfield and chuck it, which gives a lot of opportunity. I mean, Herbert will say this about Mike Williams. Mike Williams is somewhat like that, Like I, I, which is why I'm comparing Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton. I feel as though for a while we saw them kind of similar. Um, they maybe not have been ever thought together, but, like, they are very similar. They're both 6'4", 215, 220 guys, a big body. They're not quick twitch, um, and they go get 50-50 balls. Um, and Herbert takes chances, and that's why – Last year, Williams had a huge year. Uh, last year, Sutton didn't have a quarterback. Or was I think was he hurt last year? Or two years ago, he got hurt last year. Yeah. yeah, last year. So yeah, he didn't have much. But when he played, oh. he didn't have. Yeah, he didn't have much of a quarterback in any situation. And so, like I'm saying, like I think it's just that Sutton may not get as much opportunity just being that straight, like what we call what I would call a Z receiver, which is where you have more variety in your route running. Um, and Ceedee Lamb is that. All right, let's move on to a former Cowboys wide receiver and Amari Cooper. Would you rather have Amari Cooper or Curtis Samuel? Cooper. Curtis Samuel or T. Higgins? I mean, Amari Cooper or T. Higgins? Uh, Cooper. Cooper. Amari Cooper or Christian Kirk? Kirk. You're going to hate me. I'd still take Cooper. That's fair. I put him there because I thought they were in similar ranges. No problem. Amari Cooper or Debo Samuel? Debo. Cooper. Okay. So, uh, whoa, Bob, whoa, whoa, Debo whoa. Samuel or Christian Kirk? Yeah. Uh, what do you got, Jake? Or is it my – is it – so I think it's only because you took Debo and Kirk above Cooper, and I want to find out which one you had. Yeah, transit of property, he's taking Kirk. No, I took Cooper. I thought you said Kirk. I said Kirk, and then I said Cooper over Kirk. Oh, okay. All right. That's fine. All right. Uh, the listeners will hear this. You said Kirk, Bob. 
I'm confused with sorry, maybe um totally I was confused. I took Cooper over Samuel and I took Kirk over Cooper. Right. Yeah, so who's better? Oh, you said so Coop, to... you said Cooper over Samuel. I'm sorry. Correct. Yeah, but I'm he's gonna... a Kirk. No, but he, he took Cooper Kirk. over Samuel, and then you took Kirk over Cooper. So Kirk transitively is better than better than Debo. I heard it wrong, but yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Kirk Kirk is the number one. Uh, oh, Amari Cooper is the number one on that list. That got really convoluted. Uh, cut that, cut that, cut that. Professional <laughs> podcast, America. Bob, Bob, Welcome wait, back, wait. welcome back. I'm so- Ask it to me, Jake. I'll okay. answer the question. I just want the last two. I just want the last two. Cooper or Kirk? Kirk. Kirk. Cooper or Debo? Cooper. So then in by transitive property, with those two statements, you would take Christian Kirk over Debo Samuel. And you believe that the contract that the Jags gave Kirk is actually really no. great compared to what? I'll do with the contract. I'm just saying. We'll talk football right now. Hold on. No, no, no. I, stop. Because I'm very passionate about this. Let's talk about the contract. Christian Kirk is earning every dollar right now. He's earning it. He's not better than Debo Samuel, but he's earning it. Debo ain't playing as well as well, he is. This, Debo's got three games. Football Kirk's got three games. If I, if I was in a one-year league and I had a wide receiver spot, I would take Christian Kirk over Debo Samuel. This is a fantasy. This is a fantasy podcast, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. It's week. It's only week four coming up, so I have faith in a full season of Debo Samuel and not a three game spot with just Christian Kirk. And on top of it, shout out to you again, Ramsey. Zay Jones looks nice. Yes, he does. I'm nervous too because, like, in those clutch moments, they went to him. They didn't go to Christian Kirk. I think it's a scheme fit. It's not that Kirk can't do it, but I'm just saying that Debo is their guy. Is their guy? Him and George Kittle. The reason I made that pick, I like the Jaguars situation a lot more than I like the 49ers. I'm very concerned about the 49ers. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the same guy he was last year, which was not more than a game manager. And I'm concerned about Debo. I trust Trevor Lawrence. Sorry, Ramsey, I probably just jinxed the guy. But I trust him a lot more right now than Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think he trusts Christian Kirk. I think if I was a fantasy owner, I would want the guy that's trusted. And Trevor Lawrence will throw the ball to Christian Kirk. Okay. Christian Kirk deserves a raise. All right. I disagree. I'll, I'll bet you. I mean, we. you want a whopper bet? We can do who's going to be at the end of the year. I don't know. It's week four. What the hell? All right. Fair, fair. All right, Whopper bet for who will be the higher ranked wide receiver at the end of the year? You owe me a Whopper. All right, Debo or Christian Kirk? That's easy. There you go. Let's go. Let's go. I, I'm very curious because I think you go either way. Our last player in this segment is Jared Goff. This is fun. Jared Goff or Jameis Winston? Goff. Goff. Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Cousins. Interesting. Jared Goff or Derek Carr? Or Goff. Jared Goff or Carson Wentz? Wentz. Ooh, Jared Goff or Tom Brady? Goff. Brady. Wow, that was, that was all over the place. I like that a lot. That was fun. 
you both had Goff over Winston. Uh, you both had Cousins over Goff. It's the All last right. three. We were the last three. I, I just, I, fantasy wise, Brady's not doing too great in points. So I'd stick with Goff. Wentz is super explosive in that offense. And if they play from behind a lot in Washington, Wentz could do more. And then Carr, I, I just have faith that the Raiders are going to throw the ball a lot more than they're going to pass. So I just see Carr, and he's statistically over year on year has done better. Um, but Brady this year just kind of, I think I talked about this last week, he's kind of looking diminished in his deep throws. I would love to have Goff over every single one of them, but that still scares the hell out of me to pull the trigger on Jared Goff. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy to say that. I'm happy for him, though. All right. Our next segment is a who would you rather roster teammate edition. I got four sets of teammates. You guys are going to tell me which one of these players you would rather have on your roster. First up is New England running backs Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. Stevenson. Stevenson. Both Stevenson. That was not what it was at uh, week one, that's for sure. No, it wasn't. Michael Carter or Brees Hall? I would take Brees Hall. Carter. Okay. All right. Let's have a face-off right here. Why Carter? I just think he's been the number one guy. He hasn't lost a spot yet. So, and he's done a good job. I mean, he's contributed. So, I would just stick with him. Fair enough. Why Brees Hall, Jake? Because you drafted him very high. He has showed a lot of promise already in the few games he's played. And I think over time, Maybe that maybe not next two, three, four weeks, but midway point of the season, he will be their main back. He's built bigger, and uh, I just like him. I was high on him coming out. Yeah, Michael Carter currently 56% of snaps, Priest Hall 42%, roughly about the same amount of touches in that time. Hunter Renfro or Mac Hollins? Renfro, no question. Renfro. Okay, but no love for Matt Collins. Derek Carr forgets who Hunter Renfro is too often, but other than that. Well, Hunter Renfro had 20 targets in the two games he played, so he's definitely getting targets. Um, in, in week one, which is the only time we had to make the comparison, Matt Collins was on the field 88% of snaps, Hunter Renfro 81%. Matt Collins has exploded over the last two weeks. That's why this, uh, this combo made the uh, segment here. I think – so this is crazy. This came up. I was listening to the, uh, I know I talk about other podcasts, but the Kelsey's brothers have a new podcast, new Heights. Um, and Jason Kelsey was talking about Mac Collins. Cause they talked about how he had an explosive game. And he's like, you know, Max like that. Max a great player. He does the dirty work. Um, he's that guy that everybody liked in the locker room. And it really feels that like that 88% you're seeing there for week one is because he knows how to block. Well, so he's going to be on the field for running plays. He's going to be on the field for any type of like pick routes that are going to happen. Um, which happened kind of, you know, no, more normally than you think. Um, I think that uh, Renfro is just a beast, dude. And I think Matt Collins, if anybody, fantasy advice, do not just go dropping a good player thinking that Matt Collins is going to, you know, keep doing this. Because in my opinion, he's going to go back to two catches, three catches during the season. I Agreed. made a trade. I made a trade today for Hunter Renfro. So uh, I believe in Hunter Renfro. There it is. All right, last one is a is a three-way dance. Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, or Jahan Dotson? 
Scary Terry. I'm going to go Curtis Samuel. Okay, I too would go Curtis Samuel, but I do know why Bob would go Terry McLaurin, but let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Bob, why would you take Terry McLaurin over the other two? He's the number one guy. He's the best one there. I mean, Jahan Dotson does provide a lot. I don't really buy into Curtis Samuel. I wish him the best. Guy's gotten hurt. He's had some issues. Not a huge Curtis Samuel guy. I think Jahan Dotson provides a lot. He was actually my second in these options, but um, I'm a scary Terry guy. Hopefully not I, this week, though. Yeah, you're playing him. I feel like that is very valid with Curtis Samuel's history. Um, it is just a faith based thing. I actually have McLaurin on my team as well. So uh, it was just one of those things where I'm getting this feeling that Wentz has chemistry with Curtis Samuel, it seems like, um, and they play him in a variety of ways. Um, so I just kind of feel like uh, there's that potential, if he can stay healthy, that Samuel is more of that like all around gadget uh, back with like even more um receiving ability because he had like a great receiving year in um carolina back the uh before his years with the redskins or the, not the redskins it's the old team name we won't we won't say their name the, the commodores the but commandos. uh yeah before i don't know he had a good season with uh carolina and i think that if wentz really likes him he could keep it going here but yet again your point's very valid like mclaurin is the number one clearly it's just can wentz you know get him the ball enough Tua just underthrew Tyreek Hill by about 20 yards and got picked off. I watched it. It was glorious. Hey, I got a question based on our – and I hate to get off on a tangent, but how much do you believe in the Redskins' offense? The Commodores' offense is one of those offenses that I think are going to be explosive or die, like, straight up. Like, I don't know how consistent Antonio Gibson is. Um I lack faith in him as a starting running back. And then on top of that, the receiving core is really good, in my opinion. Um, even Logan Thomas is really good. But Wentz has a tendency to kind of miss big plays. Like, he won't even take the shots. He'll, like, duck it, take a sack. That's what was happening with the uh, Eagles at the end of the, his time there. It was just so much, like, BS. Like, you could ask Eagles, like, fans. Like, he actually – he fucked up a lot more, actually, in that last season. But he was kind of doing that in the previous two, too. Like, just not taking the chances, not – you know, making the game-winning plays. Um, and I just see that happening here again, um, unless he proves us all wrong. But they could probably be like 8-9 and nine or 9-8. Nine and eight. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't have, like, extreme well, it's, faith. It's just interesting. The only reason I ask is because, granted, we're through three games, so I don't want to act like I'm making, you know, whatever, seasonal change. But through three games, I do feel like they have shown to be the worst team. So I was kind of interested in your thoughts. You think the, the Washington's the worst team. I do. Even though they beat the Jaguars. Yes. Interesting. They shouldn't have beat the Jaguars. That's besides the point. I think Washington. I think Washington has the perfect team for garbage time. So I think Washington's a uh, fantasy potential. They do have guys who could really help your team because they're going to be behind a lot. But Carson Wentz is the kind of quarterback who falls behind in the first half and then puts up big numbers in the second half. And I see that from Washington. Those receivers are explosive. Um, 
So that's that's pretty much my only take on Washington at this point is that they do have a team that could put up points, but I think a lot of it's going to be done in garbage time. Who do you think's better, Jake, the New York Football Giants or the Washington uh, Commodores? So, Matt, I was almost going to ask you that question. Um, I believe that Washington is better. I think the Giants are better. I think Saquon I think the, is the best player between both teams. Definitely. Sa- Saquon's back, boys. He's he back, made baby. Looks good. Yeah, I'm pumped about that. But that's it, though. Like, I still think that's their whole team. Sterling Shepard's out. Daniel Jones yeah. sucks. Weak. All right. Fair enough. Are we done here? Moving on. We're moving on. on. All right. Let's move on to the starts and the sits of the week. All right, starts and sits of the week this week. I get to start it off because I got the quarterbacks this week. My start of the week is going to be Kyler Murray taking on Carolina. Kyler is not off to an ideal start. I think this is a good bounce-back week for an Arizona Cardinals team that's feeling hungry. Uh, Carolina played terrible but somehow managed to win last week, saving Matt Rule's job. I think they get sandblasted this week by the Arizona Cardinals. And my sit of the week is going to be Kirk Cousins taking on New Orleans. New Orleans defense is very good. Justin Jefferson has not played very well the last two weeks, and he's going to get Marshawn Lattimore this week. Uh, I think it's going to be a a tight, low-scoring game in London. London, by the way. Yeah, that'll be that'll be pretty cool. Nine thirty, right? In the morning. Yeah, I love I love that early. That really gets me up because I tell you what, that wait, the anticipation. From when you wake up in the morning, and I'm the type of person who wakes up at 6.30 on a Sunday morning, that that time from 6.30 to 1 p.m. is the longest six hours of all time. Uh, just the <laughs> anticipation of it. Uh, so that 9.30 game is a good buffer. I'll never forget. Uh, pre-game shows. I'll never forget the – so when I was back in back in college days, I'd, uh, I, you know, we play a game because I, I played in school, so – uh, we play a game, and Saturday was like to go out, go crazy, right? Then it was the best when you could wake up, like, in your bed, probably around 9.30 or 10, and then just, like, flip your phone on and put it on. Because I had, like, Hulu on, and it, yeah. was, uh, it was – I could just literally, like, wake up, lay in, and then, like, live football was happening. And it was just like, well, I'm probably going to lay here for another hour. <laughs> yeah, Maybe right. go grab some water, but this is going to be a sweet little – it was – I can't tell you how much, like, those moments there were, like, so awesome. So, yeah, I love the early games. Um, that's why college is so great sometimes, too. If it, there's a little bit of an early game, too, it gets things started. So, I, I, I love all of that. I love college football. All right, Bob, take us into uh, the running back starts and sit of the week. My start of the week was uh, Rashad Penny. I love the matchup with the Lions as much as everyone loves the Lions. They've struggled with the running backs. I think they're bottom five in the league uh, on rushing defense. And uh, I like the matchup, especially considering, you know, Geno Smith, great story and all that, but not a strong quarterback position. I think they're going to try to establish the run. Uh, My sit of the week was Joe Mixon, not looking good right now as we're watching the game in real time. Um, But, he hasn't been getting a ton of yards per carry because the Dolphins are a top five defense. So for whatever that's worth America, probably not much at this point, but there Joe you go. Mixon's not going to gain another yard. Bob just spoke it into yeah. existence. He just got four. <laughs> All right, Jake, wide receiver, start and sit of the week. Well, here we go. So first off, my start 
is Michael Pittman versus Tennessee. Tennessee is has a very bad pass defense right now. They're ranked some of the worst in the league, um, giving up touchdowns and yardage at the same time. Michael Pittman is that pretty much lone one receiver um, for the Colts. And Matt Ryan, I feel like, gives the ball to his uh, star receivers, and he has proven to um, in the past two games where he's played. So I think he's going to have another big game. And then my sit is Mike Williams versus Houston. Houston surprisingly has a good defense this year, um, specifically against the pass. Um, Derek Stingley's looking very good, actually. Um, it's just he's on Houston, and everybody's really shitting on them at this point. And Mike Williams had one catch last week, albeit for a touchdown, but I'm a little nervous with the uh, Chargers offense. Um, and if Keenan Allen is back this week, then you could see even less happening for big Mike. However, Jalen Guyton is out, so the deep threat is needed. So I, I, I'd sit him. He's a big boomer bust, and uh, he's probably, in my opinion, going to have a little bit of a worse game this, this coming week, which is sad to say. The boomiest and the bustiest. Uh, this is my wide receiver one and wide receiver two on one of my teams. So hopefully they both hit. But uh, we're going to find out. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Let's move on to the streamer of the week. All right. We are into the streamer of the week. And my quarterback stream of the week is going to be Jacoby Brissett taking on Atlanta's defense. Uh, honestly, Atlanta's got uh, at least a couple of good defensive backs, but they're still giving up quite a bit of pass yards. I think they were 31st in the league against the pass. And Jacoby Brissett has been firing lately, absolutely generating a connection with Amari Cooper and David and Joku, of all people. And I really like Jacoby Brissett's outlook this week. Bob, streamer of the week at running back. Mine is currently Chubba Hubba, or Chubba Hubbard. Chubba Hubba. Chubba Hubba. Chubba Hubba, Bubba Hubba, or whatever the gum was that we used to chew when we were kids. Um, no, but with oh my uh, God. Christian McCaffrey looking like – I mean, he didn't practice today. Today's a, usually an important day to practice. He did not do so. I would definitely pick him up if you are in a one-year league for sure. Definitely pick up Chubba Hubba. Chubba Hubba. Bubba Hubba. Bubba Hubba I want him to put in uh, Deontay Foreman. What's going on there? I think he's not – I don't want to speak out of turn here, but it seems like he's not the most well-liked in the locker room. If, <laughs> everywhere he goes, apparently, he oh. creates problems. Is that it? Yeah. It's like – it's pretty evident at this point. All right. He looked pretty good last year when he's he in, played – he he was a thousand two thousand yarder at Texas. He had a pop off crazy season, which crazy. actually which actually proves my point more because where did that one random season come from? Oh wait, they trusted him until his senior fucking year to play. Well, in college. He also had two Texas, two Achilles ruptures. One thousand two thousand yards at Texas is like one thousand yards in a real conference. He he tore his Achilles Fair. twice, so I mean we gotta give him a little in college. He tore it twice in college. No, in the NFL. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not debating the NFL. I'm just saying, though, that, like, he doesn't ingratiate – I'll use that nice word – himself into the locker rooms where he goes, apparently. And there was some shit-talking on uh, Twitter that I followed, like, a couple of years ago from Houston. Okay. Interesting. Well, uh, Don't Dynasty beat me up. Team, Don't beat know. me up, Deontay. Dante Foreman. Don't beat me up. That's okay. Uh, ingratiate. I'm not going to pretend I know what that means. Just trust that you used it right. 
Jake, this podcast give us your... has gotten a lot smarter today. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, appreciate that. It's a vocab lesson. English lesson for all of you. Uh, so funny story, actually, speaking of vocab, I looked at my second graders vocab list to practice with them. And one of the words was stairs, S-T-A-R-E-S. Okay. That's a trick word. Right. Okay. So listen to me. I, I was looking at it. I was like, what word is that? And I didn't realize it was like the man stairs. I was like, I was like, that doesn't even re- like stare. That would have been a vocab word. I could understand that but stairs plural i was like what what well, word am i looking at right now and my wife was like stairs i was like it's not plural so it's an act here's a real english let's go it's jake T-A-R-R-R. i didn't graduate college it's not it's not, it's not it's not it's not it's not plural because stairs is there it's an action verb and when action verbs are in play an s is put at the end because it creates an action so he stares at him that's Thank you. Well, that's why I didn't graduate. I dropped out of community college twice. So uh, <laughs> I need that help. Thank Useless you. knowledge that I've learned. So don't worry. It's not like <laughs> it's not like it's great. Right, we walk up the stairs. Bob doesn't like stairs as in plural, like you said. There's no stairs in my house because I don't like them either. <laughs> All right, Jake, give us your wide receiver streamer of the week. Okay, so I've been avoiding this guy, actually, because I could have probably put him on here, or anybody could have put him on here, because I had this week one. Um, but Noah Brown versus Washington. Now, I had a lack of faith, but it seems as though uh, Cooper uh, – I want to call him Cup, Cup or – what is uh, – Cooper, Cooper Rush. Cook. Yeah, Cooper Rush, but Pat Mack, he keeps calling him – he keeps calling him Cooper Cook, Cooper, uh, Cooper Cush. That's what he keeps calling him. I, I, and it's stuck in Word. my head. Coop, yeah, Cooper Rush. I'm not gonna I think that. I've had some Cooper Cush before. Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> Cooper Rush, we're going to say. Cooper Rush. Um, I think that the statement I heard um, in, on the broadcast, and it was one of the most like, oh, I never thought of that statements, was um, the announcer said that, well, usually when they're in practice, Noah Brown is on the same field practicing with Cooper Rush most of the time because he's not a first-teamer. So their chemistry together is like top notch and they've been, they've both been on the team for like four or five years. So they've been on that practice like field together consistently for years now in that same offense. It's Kellen Moore's been there. So I think that Noah Brown, if he can still stay on the field and not get like completely just outplayed by Michael Gallup, he's a solid pickup. Um, he's averaging over 10 points and I think he had 20 points two weeks ago. Um, I, and Washington has given up a lot of points this year too. Um, a lot of, Yards, look at last week with the Eagles. So Noah Brown to me, pick him up if you need a receiver, need a flex guy, um, or if you just want to kind of bench him and see if he can keep up with uh, what he's doing now. Bob, is sure. Michael Gallup back this week? He should be. Should have been back last week, but uh, oh, yes, fans don't have the greatest turf in the world, so he wanted to sit the week out, which was fine. We got the big dub, Ginger Jesus. Got us, got us back. Um, I agree with you, though, Jake. He loves – Noah Brown, so I still like the pick. Yeah. Andy Dalton's son is looking good in Dallas right now. I have a uh, Cooper Rush jersey on the way. So, no. Is there a quarterback controversy in Dallas now? No. There ain't no or damn quarterback I, controversy. I did, buy, I did not buy a Cooper Rush jersey. That was a joke. I did not do that. He's also not Andy Dalton's son, just to clear that up. No, yeah. this is his younger brother. But uh, Jerry Jones sure has faith that. Uh, there's a quarterback controversy. He'd love one. He said he'd love one if one came down to Dallas here. 
I love a quarterback controversy too. That was the most overblown statement in the world. Wouldn't you like quarterback controversy if you brought your backup in and he did such a great job? I mean, think about it. We did have one, and then his lung was punctured. But think about it. If if Dak Prescott was out eight weeks, theoretically, Cowboys went seven and one. Wouldn't that be the greatest thing in the world for Jerry Jones and myself? No, because no, you just paid Dak like $45 million. I heard yeah, Dak you, Prescott's going to be back go next with week. Cooper Rush. No, I'm week not, six. I'm not saying you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying you go with Cooper Rush. I'm just saying the fact that somebody played good enough that you're even thinking about it, that's the greatest thing in the world. It is, Some but then again, what if, what if that happens? You go seven and one, Dak comes back, and then you go two and four, two and five, and – and then we're sitting not, there going, what's happening? Six and we're, we're right in the playoff spot. And yeah, but then you might as well bring the, Nick Foles back in the game then, right? That, that's the whole Carson Wentz-Nick Foles thing. Everybody wanted Foles back. It was still a so problem. What, and then Wentz was I gone. I got one question. One question, I know. And then we'll move on to the next topic. So do you, should Jerry Jones not want Cooper Rush to do good? He should. I just he, don't think he should have made that statement. I, I'm just more harping on the statement. Well, I've dealt with Jerry Jones for a lot longer than you have, and – I've dealt with a lot of stupid statements that he makes, but that's okay. All right, let's move on. Did you deal game. with him personally? No, I did hear that Dak Prescott would be back week six. So um, he might be back next week. He could be back on Sunday. According to him. I if traded him Monday. away you, in my in Dynasty today. So and for Hunter had, Renfro. And he, <laughs> he not for Hunter Renfro. And he, end, he, he ended up on Bob's team. Bob has Dak Prescott now. You're welcome. You, oh. may be, you may be facing him this week. You're very he, welcome. I hope so. You're right about the uh, Dallas running backs getting a lot of carries then if he's back. I hope so. Oh, by the way, I wanted to tell you guys, since you guys were laughing at me a couple of weeks ago, ESPN put out their trade value rankings, and James Robinson was ranked five spots higher than Ezekiel Elliott. I'm slowly reeling in my statement on James Robinson. <laughs> I was harping on that for a whole now, week. I was like, I can't believe these guys were laughing opened, at me on the podcast. You've you've opened Pandora's box a little bit. So are we team Robinson or are we team – You're team Zeke and you can't back out of this. No, no, no. It's not about Zeke. Uh, Ramsey, question to you. Are we team Robinson or are we team ETN? Uh, I mean, right now we're team Robinson, but I don't okay. think he's going to be back on the team next year. Okay. Because we weren't. So I'm just trying to figure That's out. Correct. I mean, you cannot possibly expect a guy to bounce back from a torn Achilles the way James Robinson has. Which I, I'm not I'm blaming away. Curious, like, are we all in? Like, Robinson's the guy right now. Uh, James Robinson uh, locked him in for 18 carries a game, uh, 18 touches at least, and uh, we'll lock ETN in for about seven. That's where we're at. Okay. So, yeah, I'm Team Robinson for the remainder of 2022, and then Travis Etienne will take over next year. Me too. Go Jags. Go Jags. Let's go. Beat Eagles. All right, let's get into our bold predictions for week four. All right, we're getting into bold predictions now. I'm going to let Bob start it off since his game is happening right now. Yeah, my bold prediction is that Tua will be prime time and beat the Bengals. Well, one of them is not exactly happening. Well, both, in a sense, are not happening right now. Tua is kind of figuring it out on the current drive. Sorry, America, you don't know exactly where we're at. They're kind of driving right now. But I will say that Tua has not put his best foot forward. But I do think the Dolphins will still win this game. Well, 
fortunately, this is going to be rare air where Destination Football listeners are going to get the hear Bob's takes after the game has ended. So they're going to know right away whether or not you hit those or not. I can deal with that. That's yeah. I'm just I'm just saying I'm we're halfway through. Times. You're wrong, take your, dude. Take your lumps. Take your lumps and move on. No big deal. We've all been wrong. All right, Jake, give us your bold prediction. Oh, you're going to hate this. So after Don't next week, after next week, I believe Jalen Hurts will be the leading passer in the NFL, and the Eagles are going to be 4-0. I think that the Jacksonville game is going to be really good. I'm excited to watch it because um, we always get the Eagles games, obviously. Um, so I'm pumped to watch it. Um, I think that both teams are going to be good this year uh, throughout the year, and I really like the Eagles. Hurts uh, is, like, thing fourth third in the league right now maybe fourth and I just feel like he's gonna have a big game Jacksonville has given up quite a bit of passing yards um and I just want to this is almost like a a game where I'm wanting this I'm wanting to see Jalen Hurts like become like a great passer because so many people I've liked Hurts since he left college and so many people shit on him and fucking shit up shit on all my takes like I don't know what I'm talking about and now I'm sitting here like is Jalen Hurts maybe the uh, NFL MVP this year uh right next to Lamar so I think he can do it, but I know that that won't be too great for you this coming weekend, Ramsey. Hey, listen, no big deal. When I'm on destination football, I'm an analyst. I'm not a Jaguars fan. If I ever say as a Jaguars fan, then I'm talking as a Jaguars fan. Otherwise, I'm just an analyst. And uh, I mean, hey, uh, Jalen Hurts, I mean, why not? I'm just, I want to see something really quick. I got to work on my analyst abilities and not tend to like the Chargers. Although I gave a Mike Williams so good about that. It's good because I'm sitting in this week. Good. Yeah, I just I just wanted to look. Uh, the Jags are giving up about 250 passing yards a game. That's fair. Yeah, so if he could do that with 80 yards rushing, three total touchdowns, I mean, that might not get him to the leading pass in the NFL, but say he goes for 300. Um, we'll see what he's about. That's what I'm saying. I really think that this game will be a – let's see what he's about because if they go 4-0, uh, that'll be mighty impressive. Yeah, I mean, hey, like I said, like I said to you earlier this week, the Eagles look like the best team in the NFL right now. I'm not saying they're the most talented or they are the best, but they are currently playing as the best team in the NFL for sure. So I don't have a problem with it. But uh, it does kind of go against my bold prediction, and now of course these are just bold predictions. But my bold prediction is that after this week, and this is probably the earliest in NFL history this will ever happen. After Sunday, each team in the NFL will have at least one win and one loss. This would mean the Houston Texans beat the Chargers, the Jaguars beat the Eagles, the Bengals beat the Dolphins tonight, and the Raiders beat the Broncos. Ooh, so when this goes live, they will have one of those answers. That'll be they fun. They will, yeah, yeah. And, and it, right now, that's a, I mean, it is, just to let everybody know, it is a very close game in the second quarter right now, so there is no tipping here. Um, I like it. I do like it. Like I said, Jacksonville can beat the Eagles. Like it, it's a test game for both of them. We're going to see if um, one, if it's a close game, I'm going to be pretty impressed with uh, both teams. And it's going to show that the NFL this year is really competitive, which I think is indicative of what you're saying here with every team being one and one, not, not being one and one, but having a win and a loss this early, it shows that the league's really well balanced. And I don't know, maybe we should stop shit talking to lowest of the lows and the highest of the highs. Cause anything could happen with the, the NFL, which yeah. everybody knows. Love that. That's Love good parody. Listen. What's that, Bob? That's why people listen to us. 
That's right. All of America listening to Destination Football right now, you're welcome. Ramsey's also prophesizing that the Bengals are being the Dolphins, which they did, which they currently are. Yeah, they won. i just let you guys know they won. <laughs> it is over. It's 9.15 p.m. on Thursday night, and this game is already over. Seven. Uh, seven. I'm, pro- I'm prophesizing. Score. I'm prophesizing myself. All right, gentlemen. Well, I think that's about it. Wrapping up. We're heading into week four. Very excited for football. Appreciate you guys coming back on. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick in here and shit talk the Scarlet fucking solo microphone right now. I'm trying this thing and it keeps cutting out on me. But guess what? We pushed through. All in all, though, I think uh, me and uh, Bob disagree quite a bit on some of our players, which I thought was actually really awesome because, it, like I said, it gives me a check of like, you know, you go. It, it's always nice to, to to think that like any like I said, we were just talking about anything can really happen because a lot of this is subjective. Um, you know, it's not always set in stone and anything can happen. But uh, I really think that this like year has been showing that more than anything, because there's so many teams that are doing better than what I thought they would. Um, and it's so early in the season. So fucking loving it. Loving it. I'll, I'll do some shit talking. Uh, and this one kind of goes out to uh, Washington and Jake. The Eagles got nine sacks last week against Carson Wentz. I think uh, Micah Parsons might do that all by himself because he's the best man on the planet. So there you go. You heard it here first. Micah Parsons, nine sacks this week against Washington. Uh, listen, I'm going to end it like this. As a Jags fan, as a Jags fan, go Jags. Destination football. <laughs>